When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Do me a favor, don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a five-star review. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined by my co-host Bo Brock as we dive into a robust agenda today all about my favorite position right now in the NFL, the wide receivers and all that it entails. But Bo, first of all, welcome back. Day three on the job. You haven't fired me yet. It's unbelievable. That is outside of my pay grade, thankfully. Uh, I just blame everything on producer Leah. But in all seriousness, we're we're thrilled. Day three in the making, and we're excited. We're excited, you know though. I, I think that both of us might be sent packing, attempting to talk wide receivers without our resident expert, Frank Sanders, who's going to be back on the pod tomorrow and Friday. What the hell are we doing? We're going to try to break down wide receivers without Frank Sanders? Well, it's timely. It, to our defense, we're not fabricating this because right. everything we're going to discuss today came out over the last couple hours. Some for the good, some maybe not so good if you're not excited about a certain free agent visit. But, I, Bo, I want to start with the former All-American product out of Alabama, Jamison Williams. You know, I will be totally 100% transparent with you. I did not love the idea of taking a hurt player at 23 for the Cardinals. After that happened, I saw him in some Cardinal mocks, and I'm just like, Goodness, number one, I worry about rushing him back. Number two, taking her players in the draft is always dicey, especially in the first round. Who was that corner last year from Virginia Tech that Tennessee took that had the injury? You know, that that's just never been my thing. I want guys who are ready to go. And then, you know, you see some of the video of him working out. I think we've got some from earlier this month, Bo, of him way ahead of schedule. Now, this is from early March. But then we've got Pro Day uh, video that is like four seconds long, so we didn't pull it from Adam Schefter. Basically, he looks great. Um, what are your thoughts on him being an option? A lot of people think he's wide receiver number one. I mean, look at that ball, by the way. If you're watching on YouTube, PHNX Cardinals by that guy. That guy's wearing a Washington golf shirt, Jamison Williams, uh, working with a, a righty, hefty lefty. Rest in peace, Jared Lorenzen. But uh, yes. as far as Jamison Williams goes – uh, when you look at this, this wide receiver class, Johnny, is wild because you'll have Jamison Williams. He'll be top wide receiver on some guy's boards or he'll be the fifth, sixth wide receiver on some guy's boards. And it's probably due to that injury. Yeah. Uh, you know, he fills as far as the offense's biggest need, that wide receiver opposite DeAndre Hopkins, that Z receiver that A.J. Green played pretty well last year with over 800 yards and three touchdowns. Jamison Williams could play that spot. Absolutely. Yes. Fill that need. No doubt about it. Speed, it allows quick releases. Kyler, 33 big throws last year, 25 yards or more. That was more than Justin Herbert. That was more than Dak. That was more than uh, Josh Allen. He mm-hmm. loves to throw it, and especially on short yardage downs where they the defense plays into their, their hands. 
Jamison Williams. The only thing is I've got a couple wide receivers ahead of Jamison Williams. I love you. Okay. If he's there and some of these other guys are off the board, uh, I probably I'll, I'll go for James. I'm team first round wide receiver. That's where I'm at. I think I, I saw you tweet that out today and I'm like, I like how that sounds. I'm man. I just I am on board. I've been courted. I, it's, I think receiver is quickly becoming a top five position of value in the NFL based on the defensive rule changes. The fact that the Bengals basically got to the Super Bowl with a quarterback and some receivers and that's it. Um, and the fact that the Cardinals really have not had a competent pairing of wideouts since Fitzgerald and Steve Breston, you could argue maybe Fitz, John Brown, and Michael Floyd. But since then, it's been kind of rotation. They they pivoted off Fitz as the number one receiver. They get DeAndre Hopkins, right? But we've never had kind of a pair of bookend receivers like we've had with, with Anquan and Fitz once upon a time. And I, I'm ready to get back to that point. Now, whether or not Rondell Moore, where he fits in, we're going to talk about him in our second segment. But I'm curious, Bo, you, you mentioned Jamison's not your number one. He's not my number one receiver either. Who who would you have ahead of him in this draft class? All right, you're you're kind of putting my feet to the I, flames here. Right? I am. I want to know. I like it. As far as J- uh, Jameis Williams, I've got him as my fourth best receiver in this draft. Okay. All right. Last, it just fit for the Cardinals. I think Garrett Wilson, more of a slot guy, uh, is low Jameis Williams as far as how where I think he fits as far as the Cardinals. Even though I think if Garrett Wilson is the guy there at you know 23 and all the other guys are gone, you got to mm-hmm. take a serious look at him. Also look at the edge position and in that spot, just depending on who goes before that. Uh, number three, I've got Jake Drake London, mm-hmm. uh, USC product, six four. You know he can win those 50-50 balls. I like him, but I think you know I feel like when I I think bustability, I think like Michael Floyd with him. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned him, kind of a four letter word here in the desert. I, I really I've, I'm falling in love with Traylon Burks. I really am. I, I I really like Traylon Burks. I think that. And some people are starting to wise up about Traylon Burks, Arkansas. Uh, yeah. Just a beast with the ball in his hands. I know he played slot, but we're talking about a 22-year-old kid here that I think he's physical enough. I think that he's athletic enough where he can play some outside. No doubt about it. Had a monster game against Alabama. Two touchdowns in that game, 179. Playing against guys that are likely going to play at the NFL level in the secondary yeah. for the Tide. Uh, and then number one is Chris Lovett. I think Chris Olave is Christian Kirk on steroids. He, he's that he's got that he's that refined as far as a route runner. Uh, you know, he he was just a beast at Ohio State. And I think that he would immediately make an impact for this team. That's my top receiver. But Jamison Williams, he's got enough speed where he, he can absolutely get this thing done. His route running his route running needs help. Uh, yeah. I know what it looks like when he gets pressed and when he's gonna get pressed by NFL corners, but you know, he's, he's good enough. He's got a skill set to where he can get out there. And, and, you know, what Kyler loves to do and throw that deep ball, he could certainly be on the opposite end of that, and it would be special and electric. You know, shameless plug, my most recent mock at gophnx.com, Johnny's Mock Draft 2.0. I have all of the receivers you j- just mentioned go in the first round, and that's a good place to be if you're the Cardinals. That I think once upon a time, because of how loaded maybe the receiving group was a year ago or even two years ago. Remember that class with, of course, the aforementioned name that will not be named from Oklahoma. I'll just say it's CeeDee Lamb and then Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. Everybody thought that that was the greatest class ever, right? And then last year, I think it was incredibly top-heavy, especially with Jamar Chase, but there was a a drop-off. And then there was a bunch of guys that went between like picks 20 and 50, the Rondell Moores of the world, the uh, EJ Moore, I believe, uh, the kid that went to the Giants, Tony, who I was a big fan of. 
Um, so yeah, all kind of mixed reviews a little bit. I think this class is much more evened out to where I just have six to seven first round grades on receivers. Let's start with Jamison. I, I would, I am pro Jamison at 23. If he is the best available player, if they feel like he can play outside, which he clearly can. I mean, the highlights you've seen from him, he's an alpha receiver on the outside. He's got some Calvin Ridley to his game. He's incredibly smooth with, with his route running here. Here's why the injury doesn't bother me because I've seen it. Time and time again with these Alabama receivers, they produce at the next level. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Devontae Smith looked like a, a badass last year. But, you know, really, and, and I think most people think he's going to be a 1,200-yard consistent receiver moving forward, even with Jalen Hurts. You know, Henry Ruggs, before everything that went down, he was a very, very competent player for the Raiders as a rookie speedster. So I, I know what I'm getting. And then, you know, you look at I love when player comps. To your point, you know, the only thing that scares me about somebody like Chris Olave, to your point, is like if he's Christian Kirk on steroids, does he have to stay in the slot then? Because I don't want the Cardinals to do what they did with Christian Kirk for the first couple of years of his career and make him be an outside receiver when that's not his game. And I think there's a good chance, and I'm going to say this with, with as much respect as I can, Larry Fitzgerald wanted to play outside, right? Or excuse me, Larry Fitzgerald was playing inside, so Christian Kirk had to play outside. I think if Christian Kirk had played slot from the beginning, especially that first year with Kyler Murray in 2019, and you know you do what you do with Fitz, you move him around, whatever. I think Christian Kirk maybe gets an extension by the Cardinals, maybe a team-friendly extension, and he's around. And instead, it's like the Hassan Reddick deal. And now Christian Kirk, he's I think he was overpaid. I think a lot of people do. He still wasn't a phenomenal player, but he had almost a thousand yards playing inside. He was the most productive slot receiver, both through the first half of the season. So I think that uh, certainly the Jaguars are doubling down as to that being what he's going to be moving forward with Hassan Reddick. You wait until the last year, you kick him outside. He has this great season. Like whomever you take, mm -hmm. you have to you have to be committed to whatever they were. I I think at the college level. Now the only caveat to that is I I agree with you. I think Traylon Burks his physicality. His size at 6'3", I, I mean, his his pro game, I think, will be substantially better than his collegiate game. I'm not worried about the lack of elite speed when he tests. Didn't have a great – he just didn't have a great combine, right? His pro day, I don't think he ran. Um, I would have no issue moving him outside because I think him matching up with smaller defensive backs one-on-one, -on -one, Hopkins, you know, taking majority of the coverage, I think that's a really nice match. To me, the receiver that fits this team better than anybody is Drake London. The fact that you can check off medical – which Jamison cannot right now. The fact that he has the size, and I, I believe he is faster straight line right now than Traylon, Trayvon Burks, but didn't play against that competition. And then there's the Michael Floyd factor, right? What is that? <laughs> Wouldn't it be kind of poetic once upon a time if you think about Notre Dame and SC always playing against each other, and then the last first-round receiver that the Cardinals took was in 2012, and it was Michael Floyd. Now they're going to circle back. They're not going to go in the SEC. They're going to go in the Pac-12. They're going to take Drake London. I just think it would be funny. It would, yeah, it would be funny. It would, uh, if, as long as he just doesn't bust, as long as he gets a, an Uber home, I think that we're all good with that. Um, and Traylon Burke, like we're going to get more into this Debo package and how it's, it's kind of captivating Bell <laughs> and everybody wants their Debo. That yeah. guy could be your Debo. Like I, he's like, I could be your Debo. Right. And, mm -hmm. and like, I mean, all Can Cliff like, get a Debo? Can we trust Cliff with it? What what would Cliff Kingsbury be with Debo Samuel though? Would he think, would he be Debo Samuel? I th I think that's what he tried to do a little bit with Rondell last year. And, and 
we're getting ahead of ourselves because I really want to get into this. What Cliff's comments on Rondell Moore, and we will here on PHNX Cardinals. Uh, I like that was the role. I mean, you get the ball in his hands behind the line of scrimmage. I think yeah. that's a guy that can can make plays for you. And um, you know, Rondell kind of fell short at the end of last season. Uh, I think Burks could be a guy that could maybe play that role, be kind of your gadget wide receiver to start things out. Even though he has, he's fully capable of getting on the outside because I think you know that's probably your biggest emphasis is having that guy opposite uh, DeAndre Hopkins on the outside because that was so important. That was where they were successful last year when they had that kind of that X and that Z, those X and Z wide receivers playing at a high level, and then Christian Kirk is running amok in the middle of the field. I think a big, big clue as to what this organization is looking at ahead of late April in the draft. We got today, and I may be jumping to conclusions, Bo. The fact that this team is not linked to Odell Beckham or even like crickets with AJ Green, Julio Jones, part of this could be money, I'm sure a large portion. They're hosting former Dallas receiver Malik Turner. Now, if you don't know who that is, he's been in the NFL, cup of coffee, four years, undrafted player out of Illinois, right? Last year, in, you know, frankly, a loaded Dallas group had. About 150 yards receiving, 6'2", 200 pounds. He He's almost like another Antoine Wesley, right? And you could argue maybe Antoine Wesley's had a better NFL career, certainly knows Kingsbury's offense. I, I'm going to jump to a conclusion, Bo. I think the fact that they're they're looking at mid- to lower-tier players like this in free agency, with all due respect to Malik, makes me think they're going to go big-game hunting at pick 23 for a legitimate number 2 opposite Hopkins. Love it. I, if that's the case... Yeah, let's do it because we're not going to go bringing Greg Little into uh, training camp again and saying, hey, we're good at the wide receiver spot like they did in 2017. That's irresponsible. Yes, uh, I don't remind right. me of that. I'm right. If you know, uh, you know, as far as the Arizona Cardinals, who, who they're bringing in to to look at at the wide receiver position in Malik Turner, like, I don't know if you if you have enough brain power to have that in your in your head. Like, if you know Malik Turner, you know his game. Like, there are more things, more important things that you should – have knowledge about the Malik Turner's game at the NFL level. Cause it's not much like you said, yeah. 160 or 160 yards. Right. And 150. 61, yeah. yeah. 61 of those were in the final against Washington where he had a huge play. So under a hundred yards receiving in his seat, in his, his 2021 season, not very productive, albeit a, a, a just a beast of a depth chart to kind of crack there. I, I just if he gets in there and he's a camp body, that's fine. If he's anything yeah. on that, we're in trouble. Well, again, I I have no issue with it because I'm sure you're he's looking at a vet minimum contract. All these guys. I mean, yeah. Will Hernandez, we're gonna it's gonna come out. He's not gonna be making very much money this year. I can tell you right now, if they bring back Robert Alford, minimal with incentives. Um, and to Bo's you know, credit camp body is a real thing. I just didn't think it was a real thing to prioritize on March 30th, sure. but that's neither here nor there. But again, I, I would rather be, if you're asking me what, what's the best case scenario for this organization, I think it is to, to take one of these wide outs at 23, because I, I do adamantly believe that's where the league is going. So give me no significant addition at receiver in free agency and not overpaying for a lot of these guys like a Jarvis Landry or AJ Green or a Julio Jones, if I can get a guy on a five-year contract who is going to be younger, athletic, and maybe probably more productive, yeah. I don't have to pay him anything. The problem with this organization, Bo, is and this 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 specific administration with Steve Kime in charge is he cannot draft this position. 
His his best bet has been John Brown. Once upon a time, had a thousand yards and then kind of fell off. Had the sickle cell. Went on to, to I think we go to Baltimore first. Had a nice cup of coffee with with the Raiders. Once upon a time, um, and then of course the aforementioned Christian Kirk, who never eclipsed a thousand yards receiving. Like I, to me, if if I'm really targeting one of these guys, because here's here's the deal. We like six or seven of these guys. At least half of them are, are going to miss, right? They're going to just going to be average players, right? How can the Cardinals make sure they prioritize the right guy to fit this scheme with Cliff Kingsbury? I think is the major question mark. Yeah, and it, it, it's the keep it simple, stupid uh, method, right? I mean, if yeah. you've got guys, five receivers who seem like they're relatively can't miss, you know, you take a, uh, you know, the a, the lot of the heavy lifting out for Steve and his scouting department. Who, as you said, you know, since 2013, they've drafted 10 wide receivers. They've got 1,000 yard receiving season to show for it. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. Smoke, Smoke, he had that that big year, and Christian Kirk, he couldn't even get it in 17 contests last year. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you should have your, you should be skeptical that they that they can draft this position correctly. But look, when you look at the needs and going in, you know, in less than a month away. It's got to be either edge or it's got to be wide receiver at this point. They're back. They backed themselves into a corner, and now you just have to see how the dominoes fall. The first twenty-two picks of the NFL draft. Somebody asking about uh, Johan Dotson, University of Penn State, uh, uh, Penn State University. He was a Nittany Lion. Uh, I think he was at the Senior Bowl as well, and and looked pretty good. Uh, also, Christian Watson was a, a Senior Bowl standout. I think those guys are probably, yes, in my probably my lower tier of the first round options. Uh, somebody saying in the chat, Dotson too small. We need big bodies. I I do think that hopefully Kime and Kingsbury and Michael Bidwell have kind of learned that okay, we've got the the smaller guy covered. Like we took Rondell Moore last year. We don't need a gadget player, and I think Rondell can be more than that. We'll talk about it here in a minute. But I, you don't have any size of the position opposite Hopkins with all due respect to Antoine Wesley. You know, Ertz is a phenomenal pass catching tight end up along the seam, but we would love to be able to implement a Burks or a Drake London at over six, two, because I just, I'm going to be honest with you, Bo. I think it is a disadvantage for Kyler Murray and his height. I think this is where his height comes into play. I don't talk about it at all with anything else, but just looking downfield, I think there's something to be said about the fact that he and Ertz had great rapport immediately. And then he fed Antoine Wesley yeah. Get Kyler Murray bigger targets. And if this is the start of it with this Malik Wilson visit and Wesley at the end of last year, and then maybe taking an over 6'2 receiver in the draft, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I actually think it could escalate Kyler's development as a passer. You misspoke there. Malik Turner. Malik, Malik Turner. Turner. What is you, you, you're, you got the quarterback on the brain from Liberty. The uh, I mean, That's it's not a conspiracy as, theory. We're not taking him. Power rankings. Malik Willis is is a higher. I, I'm with you on that. He's too just many not, Maliks. He's not going to be in the Cardinals conversation. Yes. But, yeah. You look the and when you look at the ten wide receivers that that Steve Kime has has drafted, like they are vertically challenged. They don't have mm-hmm. a lot of height there. I mean, no. Hakeem Butler, who. I, I will to to my grave. I apologize for my my wrong take on as, that. I as was, do I. I. Thought he was gonna he was gonna be something from Iowa State, and he wasn't. He didn't even last uh, one pro season with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and then like Keyshawn Johnson, other than that, and and uh, who was the kid out of Grambling State that they took in the third round? That was um, uh, Chad Williams. I Chad think Williams didn't even get invited to the combine. Um, they've got it. He's got to be better. He's he's got his opportunity to turn things around. Uh, Steve, he does. And Come on, Steve-O. 
this is it. Like, this is the blind squirrel. There's your nut right there. Just pick it up, guy. It's right there. And you've got you've got death <laughs> in the next five years. You've got your quarterback a little bit happy because this has got to be, you know, outside of all the things as far as Kyler and catering to him, like this has got to be the 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 offseason of Kyler. Like you mm-hmm. you tried to get cute and take inside linebackers and, and kind of bolster your defense the last two off seasons, especially in the first round. Now you just gotta you gotta go help out your quarterback. And you got to get him a playmaker because to keep up with the NFL Joneses, Johnny, you got to have two big playmakers in your passing attack. And mm-hmm. you know, spreading the wealth to AJ Green and Christian Kirk is nice, but Kirk's gone now. You got to find somebody else to to couple with DeAndre Hopkins, and this is your best opportunity with the cap space that you have remaining. Jamison may not be a factor in August and September. What I care about, what this team should care about, is. What does he look like in November and December where this team has historically been having a very difficult time? Um, Hakeem didn't love football. I love that pick. I was uh, so we had two we had a, like 12 hours between when the Cardinals picked at the end of the third round and the first pick of the fourth round. And I was on Twitter just banging the drum for Hakeem Butler. I love the pick. Didn't work out. I'll never hold it against them. That was tremendous value at the time. Uh, and and we will we will forge ahead. I do think, Bo, before we get into our next segment here. I think the way this is all lining up is receiver at 23. And then for hooker by crook, I, I think that they're going to try John Abraham, Dwight Freeney-esque summer signing of one of these edge rushers. Um, and that may blow up in their face, um, but I, I I don't think quality options are going to be available at 23. I don't think you can count on that. Whereas they may be sitting here, they may have six, seven grades on, on first round receivers that they'll just kind of pluck. But uh, I think edge rusher, man, I think it's moving down the list of priorities for them. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. They, they've done it before. I mean, there's yep. a precedent for that, and they did it pre-Chandler uh, Jones. Maybe Steve Kimes like, maybe I'll try it again. I'll try my hand again. I want to remind everybody, college basketball fans, join into the action on the court as we approach the Final Four this weekend with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can turn your team's biggest victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops utilizing the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. Uh, I want to remind everybody, PHNX is that promo code. And to utilize DraftKings Sportsbook app, it's 21 and over. Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for more details. I um, am reluctantly probably going to stay away from the Duke-UNC matchup. I, I, I like to hate watch Duke, but I think they're going to win that game. I do think Kansas wins pretty comfortably, though, Bo. KU with Remy Martin, former Sun Devil there, kind of leading the charge. Does that feel like people kind of – that's a little bittersweet, right? Yeah, I don't bring that up to Shane for, for good reason. <laughs> he He's having a tough enough time as it is. I'm but sure, yeah. Um, yeah. Wait another in it. Yeah, that's right. The first time. <laughs> Should we keep this wide receiver party going? Talk a little Rondell Moore, Mr. Bo Brock. We're probably driving our co-host Frank Sanders up the wall with our takes already. Let's just let's just keep going. Let's just get reckless with this thing. So um, we had some tweets come out today. Uh, Cliff is talking kind of incognito at the NFL owners annual meetings 
Um, and he spoke with uh, a reporter. This is from, let me pull this up here. This is from Jamie Eisenberg. And he had like a running thread of NFL coaches. And I, I managed to find a couple blurbs, Bo, from his time with Cliff. And uh, Cliff had some things to say about a couple skilled players. Let's start first with Rondell Moore. Uh, he said uh, he anticipates a bigger role. There's no doubt. Last year, just with the numbers with Christian, A.J. Hop, he kind of got lost in the shuffle. He got hurt, if you remember. But he's a dynamic player. With Christian leaving, we expect him to fill that role. So that confirms he's going to play inside. And then he also says we're going to try to give him the ball more. We've seen what Kyle has done with Debo, which I mean, we'll have a conversation about that. They're very different players physically. Um, he finds different ways to give him the ball. We're going to get creative with Rondell because when he touches it, good things happen. What did he call him last year before the season? A dog? He, he, did he say that? He, yeah, he had the Cliff Kingsbury slow jam voice. I can't get low like, like Cliff, but he's like, yeah, he's a dog. He's a dog. And uh, you just get the ball in the hands, and he's a dog. I, I mean, I like Rondell Moore. I like the concept. I think it, it, it could, you know, the plan would be perfect to, to get the ball into his hands. Um, but what I saw last year was Rondell Moore would get the ball, and he had a problem going north and south. Yep. And, you know, he, he was going more east and west. Even though he was a, he was a Yak brother, uh, he was up there as far as Yaks per, per reception. He was up there with Debo is one of the best in the league, but he was getting the ball with, you know, two yard reception, less than two yards. And he had only one place to go. And that was to add the yards on it. Um, Yak machine. I, I like the concept. I think the ability is there, but he's got to take a step forward as far as getting himself going the right direction uh, in order to really make an impact. And also he's got to stay healthy. Like we haven't seen a truly healthy season from Rondell Moore since 2018. That, that dates back to his freshman year in Purdue. Um, yeah, yeah, not ideal. And he's five well, seven. You, he's yeah, a tiny he's, package. Do you think he's too small? Uh, it's it's really non traditional to, to put it nicely. I mean, Tyree kills five eight, right? But he's five eight, and, and Mike McDaniel, your your brother, uh, uh, down there in, in Miami, who's the head coach now, he says he's going to use Tyree Kill in a in a kind of a Debo Samuel role. And yeah, I, try it out. Absolutely, I think that anytime you can put the ball in his hands. It's you can probably have positive things happen, but I also would like to see him more in the the old Tyree Kill role, where he's running routes, he's in the middle of the field, and he's getting open and kind of utilizing that speed. Hopefully, getting separation. I don't know, like, what do we know about Rondell Moore, the wide receiver route runner? Like, is he does he have that ability? Does he have that in his bag of tricks? Uh, I remember watching him the first five weeks of the season. I think he led the team in receiving yards through the first five weeks of the season, playing defenses like San Francisco and the Rams, of course, Tennessee week one. He was fantastic. He had that long catch for a touchdown against Minnesota. I believe his only touchdown catch of the year. And then that toe tap touchdown against San Francisco was a thing of beauty. And I'm like, we got a superstar. He's a superstar player. And then I needed to basically take an ice bath because he, <laughs> he, he basically disappeared like all Cardinal players doing this, you know, third of the season, second half. Um, and over the course of the final three games of the regular season, here were his receiving totals. He had eight yards, five yards, nine yards, uh, and his yards per catch plummeted at 8.1 on the season, but it was under seven in the final half of the season. Uh, that is a Cliff Kingsbury problem. I love Cliff. He has to do a better job. 
I would watch games from the press box and just be like, why is Rondell Moore, everything is horizontal. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Yak's a big part of your game. Use Yak with Traylon, Trayvon Burke if you get him. Or Zach Ertz, maybe at the line of scrimmage. James Conner does a great job in the screen game. Rondell Moore is probably the fastest player offensively. Would you say that on this team, maybe? I agree. I agree. Like, as, far, as far as game speed, yeah. No yeah. Doubt. And yeah. then you see him break free against Minnesota for the long touchdown vertically. He can get behind defenses. Like you just mentioned, I, I, Tyreek Hill is faster, but it's, if they want to use him as the same kind of player, he needs to have vertical routes. He needs yep. to have – what is his route tree? Somebody needs to ask Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, what do, what can Rondell Moore – and maybe, and he'll never say this because he'll defend his players, and that's why I love and respect Cliff Kingsbury – Maybe Rondell was not ready for the robust route tree of the NFL. Um, I do think there's some truth to maybe that and the fact that he probably did get lost in the shuffle with A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and DeAndre Hopkins. And then by the time Hopkins got hurt late in the season, you're hitting a rookie wall. It just He hadn't put together too many consecutive quality outings. But, I mean, like, let's be clear about something. Rondell Moore has a, has a higher ceiling, I believe, than Christian Kirk will ever have in the NFL. I also think he'll be a better player next year than A.J. Green was. So if we can facilitate a lot of those targets from those two players, Bo, to Rondell, everything past the line of scrimmage, I think this could be a 1,000-yard player. But we also have to come to grips with if he's going to run the ball, you know, and be and be a bootleg guy or jet sweep guy, you know, is his max season something like 800 yards receiving, 400, 500 yards rushing? In today's NFL, you can diversify as we've seen with Debo, but we just we need some we need some clarity, I think, from Cliff. Right. And and if that's the case, if that's the player he becomes, then he becomes Chase Edmonds. That's your replacement for Chase Edmonds. That's not your p- replacement for for Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. And then you got that other void in the offense. And look, Rondell Moore is going to see an increased uh, workload this season, and and I believe that's going to be good for the Arizona Cardinals. But you know where like we were getting to just what you kind of broke, broke it down. Uh, I remember in Tennessee, the absurd play from Kyler where he came back to the football. We all remember that where Kyler was just putting on an absolute show. Yeah. He was on the receiving end of that play. Uh, when you think of the Kansas city chiefs in their heyday with Patrick Mahomes, and Tyree kill, like where were they, you know, just crushing opposing defenses. It was, it was Mahomes getting out mm-hmm. uh, under duress and under uh, attack. And then Tyree kill just, after Mahomes creates all this extra time, he finds yeah. an open space in, on the field, and Mahomes found him. And I think, you know, Rondell Moore, if you're not putting him in a position to do that, I think you're selling your offense a little short. So I, I would love to see that. And, but, you know, the, them talking about Debo um, is is also – it's it's intriguing. I, everybody wants that. Like, that's the new thing in the NFL. Everybody wants their own version of Debo Samuel. I think there's only one Debo, unfortunately. If you want to incorporate some threads of his, sure. Yeah. Um, I also, I mean, Shanahan is also much more run dominant than Cliff, I think, is or wants to be. So um, I think that's maybe just something he said. I mean, like Cliff Kingsbury's offenses since he's been, like he's been a top three rushing team. Attempts or yards per, in terms of production? Oh, I mean, as far as production and, and yards per carry, I mean, they've been up there right where you want them to be. Um, I just think Shanahan and I think run first offense, right? And Debo, you know, plays – I mean, he played running back for them last year. I Rondell, I don't think you can go to the Rondell well too many times exposing him to defensive linemen. That's my take on it. it, it it's going to be interesting to see, you know, 
they they hopefully they don't move forward with what the offensive players they have in place now because you know I, I, he also mentioned a, uh, a heavier workload for you know Benjamin yeah. which would be interesting but it's like so is Rondell Moore he's going to play the role of Chase Edmonds a little bit he'll play the role of Christian Kirk a little bit in the slot mm-hmm. yeah uh, and then Eno will also play a role as far as giving James Conner because James Conner his workload is uber important with the contract that he signed and his production uh you know throughout an NFL season so they they've got they have to add but at the same token like it'd be interesting to see how Cliff Kingsbury is envisioning the workloads for all these guys and and how these pieces fit in place Let's talk a little Eno Benjamin. So here's the quote from Cliff. We've been really impressed with Eno. It came from the same reporter uh, and what he's done. We're excited about him getting an opportunity to step up. We'll see how the draft goes. But every time we played Eno, he's made something happen. So Eno has gone from almost being cut his rookie season to being active on game day uh, last year and, and stepping up big in San Francisco. Everybody remembers the play where he ran over Drake Kirkpatrick. It's like the highlight of the season and then everything went to hell. Um and so he's back. And I, to your point, Bo, you cannot give James Conner, um, you know, 400 touches next year. He will not last. You have to ha- you have to supplement it with with some kind of other run, running game. Um, my concern with this, I don't have any concern with, you know, I think he can do it. Um, and I like the Cardinals interior offensive line enough. I think he can manufacture yards. Um, he had actually a really nice catch and run against Seattle in the passing game. So he's not Chase Edmonds, but you can supplement. The Cardinals do not have the draft capital to take a running back high. If they're going to take a running back, they've got, what, three six and two sevens? The, the team was touting the picks this morning, and I'm like, you got a big fat hole at fourth and fifth where you traditionally like to take backs. Chase Edmonds was a fifth-round pick. Tim Hightower or was a fourth-rounder. Tim Hightower was a fifth-round pick. I'm not taking a back in the third round and sure as hell not taking one in the second with the dire holes you still have. Plus, you you couple that with you're paying James Conner a premium for next season. I, I do think there's some truth to this. Unless they trade down and get more picks, or if they want to use a sixth or a seventh, whatever, you know, his buddy Kyle got Elijah Mitchell last year in the sixth round. Yeah. Somebody needs to take Kyle and Cliff aside and said, Don't I love some of these backs, but don't you dare take a take a running back before day three. Don't yeah. do it. I mean, Eno himself was a seventh rounder. Andre Ellington was a sixth rounder. Mm-hmm. Probably the only production that they've gotten that deep in a draft has been yeah. from running back spot. And that's usually the case with most organizations. That's not a knock or indictment on Steve Kime. It's just tough to find players. I know people like to point to Tom Brady, but uh, he's the exception there, folks. Um, I Yeah, it, it's. I, I agree. I mean, those first three picks, they have to be impact makers right now. And I don't think it's going to be at the running back spot. They've got bigger glaring needs uh, as far as the pass rush, maybe the interior, that defensive line in the wide receiver spot uh, to figure it out. Um, Corner, we'll throw that in there too, because, you know, third round seems to be the round that Steve likes to kind of look at that spot. So, yeah, I mean, the first three picks are going to be uber important. I don't even think, I mean, the chances they use all five of those sixth, round and beyond picks is pretty low. I would assume they've got to be used in some sort of trade package, trade up trade for a veteran or two. Um, yeah, they're, they're there to be spent. And speaking of spending folks, go to gophnx.com, become a member, join our family, our discord. You can read my co-host debut article on the great Will Hernandez and his relationship with uh, new offensive line coach, Sean Kugler. You can get the work of many of our talented peers, um, including Craig Morgan, who's doing a phenomenal job covering the Coyotes. 
at the tail end of the season. Um, it is under $60 for the year. If you sign up, you get a free t-shirt from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. If you don't want to commit for the full year, I understand. I don't love it, but I understand it's 50 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent months. And speaking of the PHNX Merchandise Locker, we have these phenomenal new hats that have just been released. You can go and get them now. So what better combo, Bo, than to rock a new t-shirt for free when you sign up for the year membership and then double down with the hottest hat in the Valley this summer. All that more at gophnx.com. Beautiful. I got to get me one of those lids. I mean, what, how, how do we not have ours yet? Is it just because they think they're holding it against us because we have great hair? Probably. They, <laughs> they try to make us feel bad. Well, Shane dyed his hair blonde. Yeah. So we couldn't get a hat on him fast enough. But the rest of us, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait. Is it uh, I hit this? It's time to take your shot presented by Arizona Department of Health Services uh, for We've got uh, COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older now are eligible uh, for the booster. Visit azhealth.gov for the location near you. Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable hanging out here on a PHNX Cardinals. And uh, are we going to continue with the wide receiver talk? Like, are we getting away from it finally in this segment? Or are we yes. going to? We do have a huge announcement. We do. Should we get? Let's get to that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it. I mean, following up the hats with this, uh, the, the hats are going to look like uh, they're not going to look as cool when we're going to announce that our our family is growing even more so. Not just my – we're not stopping at my addition. We're going to add a former Arizona Cardinal to the mix, to Johnny Venerable, Frank Sanders, our guy Saul, and me, Bo Brock, Damian Anderson. We want to welcome aboard to the squad. He is going to play a huge role here on PHNX Cardinals. His insight – you remember him from breaking down the game on uh, game days for the flagship station so many years ago. His days playing the game, he's going to provide so much insight to this Cardinals team. We're pumped to have him. We are thick in the draft season, and we've got two of the best, Frank Sanders, Damian Anderson now being able to give us draft profiles. Fits for the Arizona Cardinals. Damian will be on beginning Monday, making his debut. We couldn't be more excited. Uh, we were just talking running backs. Very poetic apropos that we've got Damien coming on board we'll do a phenomenal job with us Bo and I will supplement and do our best here in the short term but we cannot have more excitement in-house for he and Frank Sanders the ultimate tag team we were putting together a squad so we've got a running back we've got a receiver I can't throw it all I played running back in high school I, I, I think maybe um, if I tried to backpedal I would tear an ACL if I tried to play corner um, Bo has height. Bo's going to play quarterback, but you have to play quarterback by default, Bo. Okay. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll play the Isabella role and just hang out on the sideline. Then <laughs> We just need you out there at a necessity. We just need warm bodies on the field. Uh, maybe you'll play like the blocking role wide receiver. Is that cool? Thank you. That's, that's good, man. I got short arms. I can latch on quickly. We <laughs> talked about my short arms earlier in the week, but I, I'm not going to play corner. And speaking of right. corner, uh, mm -hmm. the Cardinals, you could argue still have a little bit of hole at the position. Uh, we think they're going to re-sign Ro uh, Rondell Moore, uh, Robert Alford. That has not been confirmed yet, but uh, I can tell you one ship has sailed, Bo. The reunion that will not happen. Patrick Peterson <laughs> heading back to the Minnesota Vikings uh, f uh, for a one-year contract, even with a new coaching staff, which I thought was interesting. I didn't think he'd be back there. They fired Mike Zimmer. Uh, they've got a new uh, offensive head coach in-house, but Pat P making his way back to Minnesota. 
Yeah, you know, we checked in on our ex, Patrick Peterson, and, uh, you know, we checked his social media pr- profile, and it looks like he's having a, he's living the dream still, and he said he's staying, he's not going anywhere, he's going to j- continue with the Minnesota Vikings, we're in the purple and gold, and I actually saw him at the Super Bowl out there on Radio Row, he was doing a couple interviews, and they just hired their defensive backs coach, and I had a former colleague kind of go up to him and covered the Vikings, and was like, Hey, they they hired this guy's DB's coach, and he really kind of reacted really well to it. I think that yeah. that kind of uh, was part of what the reason he went back to Minnesota, and the money was probably right with P two mm-hmm. um, to get him and make him stay there in, in Minnesota. But because that roster, you can't view them as is a contending team, right? I mean, I, I they probably feel like in the NFC. Um, they're they're going really heavy offensively, even though they 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 got the the kid from uh, Green Bay, the pass rusher Zedarius. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, uh, the Cardinals should have been in on that. That's another topic for a different day. Um, I, I do feel like maybe they they can sneak into the playoffs because of how bad the NFC is. And the fact that, I mean, they have wideouts. Uh, they have Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and they have Dalvin Cook. What does Green Bay have? Um, yeah, Adam Thielen can't stay healthy. You just can't. He cannot. I saw yeah. Dalvin Cook has more games played than than Thielen, and Dalvin Cook's missed a lot of games in his career. Dalvin's we like we like to joke on this podcast. Dalvin is the king of leaving games, then immediately coming back and playing the Paul Pierce. If you uh, if if the Vikings like it's the kiss of death. If they get like five prime time games, they're out of the playoffs. There's no way Kirk can perform that many times. That's true. Big stage and get it done, even with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Cardinals were lucky win that game last year, and the, the Vikings won that game. I think they get into the playoffs, which is very, very uh, coincidental. But no P2. I put it out there on Twitter. Anybody hoping for a reunion? I got about 30 comments saying no one was hoping for a reunion, Johnny. And I'm like, all right, everybody ease up. <laughs> it's uh, a, What was it, about an hour or two that, that that lived out there before he made his announcement on his podcast today? Yeah, it, Listen, Patrick Peterson is one of the all-time great Cardinals. Um, did he leave the organization on good terms? No. Could he have handled things differently? Absolutely. Uh, I can't wait till he's back here in the Valley full-time, golfing, um, maybe joining this show. We would yeah. love to have him join this show in this capa- in any kind of capacity, um, doing charity outings and, and having his name rightfully retired as right. a part of the Ring of Honor. I, I have no ill will against Pat Pete. 2011 through 2017 – he was an elite cornerback in this league. He was a face of this franchise along with Larry Fitzgerald. And then 2018 hit. He had that they had the horrendous start and mm-hmm. wanted out. And unfortunately, he voiced it and he didn't go about it the right way. And he went from being this guy that might have been Larry Fitzgerald's successor as far as the true face of the franchise going forward and became the most polarizing player in in the organization after that. And uh, you know, it, it could have ended fine and amicably after he took the $10 million deal with the Vikings last year, but he decided to kind of speak his speak up and take some shots at Steve Kime and really not have his facts right about the team and playing defensive players and not paying defensive players. And I just thought that was just a bad look for P2. And then to see DeAndre Hopkins just put on a route running clinic on P2 last year and his return to State Farm Stadium, it just felt great. And then, you know, he might have not been the one that blew the coverage against Rondell Moore in that game. But, you know, that was he was part of that secondary as well. And it was just a, a rude return for uh, for P2. And I like that. I, and 
you know what? I thought about it too. I was like, during that that hour and a half that we had where we heard he was going to make his announcement, I was like, could he? Like, could there be a reunion? Um, and he, I mean, if, if he came back and played more of a, a cornerback two role, yeah, would have been the worst thing. But I don't think he'd ever sign up for that. He, I suppose that he played well the rest of the year in Minnesota. Uh, he had an injury and then he came back and he, and he, and his legs came back a little bit and you know, good for Pat P and, and, you know, get, get a couple more game checks before you have to hang him up for good. Cause he is an all time great. Uh, and hot take the Cardinals should have traded him mid season in 2018. Cause supposedly they had an offer of a first round pick and, and Jalen Rager on the books from Philadelphia. And if, if Steve and, and probably more so Michael Bidwell had been open to the rebuild that was on the cusp of happening uh cardinals would have been better off but uh pat p jumped down on hop and rondell got behind him it was p2 uh yeah he just he is somebody that very technically savvy but relied mostly on his athleticism especially early in his career remember we had like no technique um in those first couple years right it was just all being an athlete and so yeah things you know start to age quicker for guys who are too reliant on their athleticism and that's why Certain corners can play for a long time because they, you know, well into their 30s because they are so technically sound. That's not a knock on P2. If I was an elite athlete at LSU, I think he was like the number one recruit out of high school. I, I wouldn't. I, you're just prone not to probably study as hard. Yeah, that's fine. It's like when I do this show, I feel like I don't have to do nearly as much prep because right. I can come on here and wing it. And now Bo's here and he holds me accountable. <laughs> And now Damian Anderson is going to hold us both accountable and things are, uh, it's, it's going to be awesome, man. And uh, our team, our squad looking great. We continue to add more talent than, than the Arizona Cardinals. This that's, that's true. That is true. We've had two major free agent signings here in the past two weeks. I want to remind everybody, be sure, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Uh, we're so fired up with the content we've got going now. We've got coming in the coming weeks, uh, draft coverage, out the yin yang we're going to have a draft party on site that we'll have more information on in the coming weeks we hope to see everybody at that event when we can announce it specifically but for bo brock i'm johnny venerable we will be back tomorrow same time with the great frank sanders see you everybody